Welcome all. Um, my name is Owen, and I'm here. I'm joined to, with Slatong, Paladin, and Captain Diabetes, and this is going to be the first episode of the Weekly Drop, um, a little show we're going to be putting together. It's going to be talking all things CSC. We're going to talk anything from the standings of the current week. We're going to be talking about different storylines that we've had throughout the seasons, uh, talking about individual players, any you know upsets, trades, anything you can think of about CSC. Um, this is obviously the first episode we're having. Um, and we're, uh, I think we're just going to jump in, talk a little bit about each other. Um, I think to start, uh, we can start with, uh, you know, start with Slatong, I guess, go from left to right here. So Slatong, I don't know if you want to introduce yourself, talk a little bit about your time in CSC and we can just go down the line that way. Yeah, sure. Um, thanks Owen. Hi everybody. Um, yeah, I'm Slatong. You probably have seen me around a little bit. I am the GM for Drip as well as a mod at the moment. Um, for CSE, my first season, I believe, was season nine. Yes, season nine was my first season at CSE. So I've only been here. This is my third season going. Uh, this is my my third season. And yeah, I think I'm really excited for the show. This has been a great um, shout out to Konotokian Production, who's been leading this effort as well as Paladin. So I think there's going to be a great opportunity. Cool. I guess uh, so. Just keep doing, going down the line. I guess, Paladin, go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, hey, everyone. I'm Paladin. Uh, Andrew or Drew, if you prefer real names. Um, this is actually my first season in CSE, so I'm kind of the upstart here. Um, I come from a long-standing time of playing Halo competitively. I was in a, a, a Halo League. Halo Rec League is what it was called. I was in uh, prior to joining for the season. Um, ended up winning that, wanted to move away from the game just because the state of it is not the greatest. I've always uh, had great love for Counter-Strike, so here I am. Um, I am the captain of the Roombas, the contender team for the Automata. And yeah, I just we were I was uh, in the Discord one day and people were talking about various going-ons about each, in each of the tiers. And I just started throwing the idea out, why don't you guys do... A weekly show and uh here we are and i'm real excited for it awesome and i guess that leaves myself yeah um for those who know me for those who don't i am captain diabetes it is your boy repping the type one um i've played games for a while now um i was introduced into csc through zyra reflex and germs um i was actually on the Ohio State CSGO team um, before I joined last season. So this is my second season in CSE itself. Um, I'm so I sorry on... you went to Ohio State. Oh, bro. We won't get into that, all right? That'll be a discussion for a different day. If you're a Michigan fan, get out. Anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> so I am a muck menace. I have been on the Big Slime Chally team again for two seasons. Um, and yeah, that's, that's pretty much it for myself. 
Cool. Um, I guess I'll finalize things about myself. Obviously, my name's Owen. Um, I've been in uh, CSC since season seven. So this season was my fifth season playing. Um, I've kind of been all over the place uh, from prospect now to elite. Um, I've been on staff for a long time. I was an AGM for two seasons, GM for one. I've been an admin for this current season. I've uh, been did for a long time. I did the podcast with Fuffy. I've done other stuff with media, with casting, um, and uh, touched on journalism a little bit. And that's kind of just where I'm at now. Um, yeah. So I guess we can just jump right into things. I guess so. Going through and just kind of talking a little bit more about the show. Um, what we want to be able to bring to everybody is an inclusive way to be able to approach every single tier. So people are, you know, they're aware of what's going on with just everything. They're able to keep up to date with any big changes. There might be a crazy upset that happens in one tier. There might be, um, there might be some other big changes in uh, different lineups and stuff. You know, you have different things in regards to standings, you know, maybe a team or a player knows about their other franchise teams and knows how they're performing, but they're curious about the rest of the tier that they're not in. Then this is the perfect way for them to get up to date and just, you know, have a get to hear other people talk about it and some different discussions as we go. Um, so our goal is to just be able to share all we can about CSC to everybody. Um, and I think kind of just a good place to start off is just talking about season 11 itself. Um, so I think just starting off, I mean, this is a uh, second season for 2023. We uh, started the season in um, combine started in May. Uh, or end of April, and then mid-May was when we had the draft. And uh, obviously we had the big, uh, to start things off of this season, we had the big TikTok explosion from uh, Xbox lasagna. So uh, shout out. created a little bit of chaos uh, and getting things prepped and being able to get things going for the season. But um, things were mostly smooth. We were able to kind of just get things rolling. And uh, yeah, we've had our typical games throughout the week, Tuesdays, Thursdays. Uh, we had one hiccup on one match night, which there's always at least one every season. So I think we take take the one. So, um, but yeah, and sailing from there though, definitely. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree. So I guess obviously I'm I'm an elite, but I don't really know much about, especially the lower tiers, which is where most of the new joins came in. So I don't know if Slatong or Paladin, you guys want to jump in and just kind of talk about what it was like seeing a huge wave of new people come in and just playing with those new people, getting them up to date in team, you know, kind of a team format. Yeah, I I think it was, it was it was pretty crazy to be completely honest. I mean, I started becoming a GM this season, right? So I was a GM because of the explosion of new players that came into the league, and I thought it was pretty crazy. It was it was amazing, first of all, just to show um, and see that there is such a large interest in CSC and in CS in general in North America. I think it's always it's always an exciting thing knowing how the pro scene is doing and and all that. But um, I was. I was given notice quite, um, I don't know, I wouldn't say quite late towards this, um, towards the combine seasons, but I think it was after combine, it was towards the end of the combine period, right? We have those two, two or two and a half weeks of combines. And I was um, notified that I was, um, going to be a, a GM. And thankfully, um, I was real, I was helped a lot by Bort, who is my AGM and he has had experience AGMing and he's a very, technologically savvy person and a very technical guy and so um the first thing we did um was just to reach out to the players especially with the new tier come kind of being introduced at that point uh, which now became recruit which was placed below the prospect from last season there's just a, such an explosion of players that are new to the new new to the game with 
it's crazy to say because we say 300 hours of CS is new, right? When 300 hours is a lot of time to put into a game. Right. So um, we have like a lot of new players who are 300 hours, um, less than 1,000 hours in CS. And it's just really interesting to see. And we held like 10 mans just to get to know the people that are new, the people who are coming into the draft. And um, with, the with the new tier also introduced, there was a big shift in the tier lines as well, which I thought was very, very fascinating. I, I thought I was personally going to be put down in recruit, but I was just on the fringe being at 302 MMR. Um, so I was put, put into prospect. And there's just so many new people who also slotted into the prospect tier and slotted into the contender tier, even though that, let's say, contender, the MMR gap, uh, or the range, the top range to the bottom, is just, I think, 100, 100 MMR, but that already encompasses so many different people. So it was just really interesting to see all these, just a boosted, a, pop, a general population boost. It was just very fascinating to see and getting to know a lot of new people in CSC. I've been somewhat active here and there just throughout the seasons and it's just been really cool to be able to pub with new people so happy i'm happy about the change honestly i know from an administration standpoint it's going to be crazy if we have another boom in population but hey it, i think it's i think it's i think it's fun i think it's fun i hope we don't get to the crazy rsc numbers like they have like 10k people in their server or something like that but um nice. i think right now it's 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 pretty healthy it's pretty good I think, too, I just want to appreciate the fact of how well the CSE organization have handled, you know, the new tiers and stuff like that, because we gained so many new players and stuff like that in such a short notice. And the way it was able to be organized and set in stone with the new franchises and new tier itself, handling that responsibility to include those new players wanting to play and come in and setting it up to work flawlessly within the new tier and stuff like that, props goes out to you. Props goes out to everybody who partaked in, you know, that stance alone. Yeah, and, and me having uh, the viewpoint of a new player coming in, like I said, this is my first season here. Mm -hmm. And it's everything like this that I've been a part of before. Like I said, I mentioned that Halo League, kind of a similar idea, except they didn't have a draft. They didn't have these set procedures for people to plug together and all that, it was you ended up on a team randomly. You literally signed up and they randomly threw you somewhere. And it, it's really cool seeing that there is a place for anyone of any skill level to come in, be able to actually play with people, develop rapport with different scouts and different GMs and what have you, and find a place where, I mean, especially us at the lower levels, we might not be the best at the game, but it gives you a place to experience team-based CS, which is such a different experience from pugging or from matchmaking or anything like that, and yep. it's great, and I'm, I'm glad to have found a home here. Awesome. Yeah, it's really, really cool to, really cool to hear. I was going to ask, um, I don't know off the top of my head, were you here before the big TikTok boom, Paladin, or did you come afterward? I came, I joined the Discord in the middle of, or right before season 10, I was starting to come back to the game. I held off signing up then because I didn't feel ready. I hadn't played since like 2016. Didn't feel ready. Um, so I don't know when that happened. I was not brought in from TikTok. I was brought in from my uh, friend Armoretta told me about CSC, if anyone's familiar with him. Um, yeah, so maybe I might have coincided with timing, but I wasn't brought here from TikTok. <laughs> that's yeah. definitely pre-tiktok that is definitely pre-tiktok yeah definitely uh i definitely think like 
uh, from you know my perspective with the whole new joins and everything, it uh, um, I have to give you know big sh big shout out to like all of the other admins because um, with me being new this season, I was already starting to needing to learn on how a lot of the uh, proceedings worked and how to make sure things were functioning, and then a big boom was really uh, just added a lot of chaos to everything. Mm -hmm. So uh, it was nice just as being able to sit down at times when we needed to really, you know, crunch down on the time, get things working, get things moving and doing what we could. Um, and then like, I need to give a special thanks to germs. Cause like germs was the guy who would sit there and do like hours worth of signups every day. Uh, whenever we have, we're just having the initial rush. Germs is a real trooper and got through a shit ton of those. Um, so like germs is germs is a big, big carry when it came to getting signups processed, but uh, but yeah, I mean, other than that, like, it was cool seeing everything kind of uh, take shape in front of us and then just seeing the number tick up of the amount of people in the server. It would be, like, I think the day that it blew up, we had literally hit 3,000 that morning. Um, and it was at, like, 3,400 or 3,300 by the end of day one. And it was just, like, oh my. nuts. Wow. It was insane. That's, um, yeah, that's insane growth. It was it was a lot to, a lot to see, but uh, it was uh, definitely... Um, yeah, it was it was definitely really uh really cool to see just like where we are now uh, at the end of season eleven, um. But I guess we can talk more about just how the season itself has gone. Um, I don't know kind of where to start with this. I guess we can just start with the draft. Was there any like major draft teams that anyone saw that like right immediately that night that draft happened you were immediately afraid of different lineups or there were any teams Ooh. that really really popped off the page for you that kind of. They looked scary without even seeing them in the server. Um, I think we'll, we'll go reverse order here. We'll start with diabetes uh, for like challenger. So going into before season eleven, I think the most intimidating I was worried about personally was AVI. Um, I know AVI still has a couple keepers and stuff like that, especially from last season. I mean, looking now. Give me one second. I'm pulling up uh, the Confederation page. I mean, they can't... Uh, where are they? There they are. I mean, if you think about it, you still have Lee. You still have Fuffy. I mean, those two alone are just demons. They were demons last season in, Ch in Chally and stuff like that. So I was definitely intimidated knowing that with their keepers going into the draft and especially having such a, like a lot of good players in our season 11 draft it was it was definitely scary to see definitely definitely caught my eye and it was uh yeah pretty much same old same old i can only repeat it so many times you know what else um pre-draft oh sorry go ahead oh no no go ahead i didn't want okay. to you there <laughs> pre-draft um i played a lot of the combines myself so um I was kind of vibing, kind of chilling, you know, getting in that environment. Um, I love combine games, by the way. I'm pretty sure all of us do. Um, you know there's a... You, you know it's scary when you pretty much play every single combine game, and being a returning player every single combine game, you're just getting, you're getting shit on by so many new players and stuff like that. And, you know, you can kind of understand... From so from my experience from season ten to se season eleven, um, I would play you know the returning players who partake partaked in the uh, 
the Kanban games just for fun and stuff like that. But going from the environment of, okay, it's off season, you're trying to chill and relax, you know, scout a little bit, see, see what's new, see the new faces and coming like that. And you get into a combine game and you go against, you know, a few members that are already um, returning from a previous uh, a previous team. And then they just have, a, you know, a couple of draftees along with that team and seeing if it's like the first match and you're just getting destroyed wherever you go. So, for example, um, like if I went against, uh, let's say you were still in Chali Owen, right? And mm -hmm. um it was combine games and stuff like that. We went, we went against each other in the combine game. And let's say you still had, you know, two of your teammates from ATO and Chally season tier in that right. combine match. It's, it was for me, my experience was every single time I played a combine game, no matter what draftees were with that three stack, it was always scary. It was always yeah. scary to go against, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy. The talent and the experience of this might be the first moment those draftees had with you. But it was just, it was insane, intense, and fun at the same time. And as far as, like, you know, just carrying those um, those keepers amongst the teams, obviously, Big Slime himself, we had a couple of our own keepers. And um, I would say we're doing exceptionally well for our season so far. Um, Nan, I know Nan has a couple keepers and stuff like that. So, um it's kind of tough because it is towards the end of the season, so you really don't remember much as far as mm -hmm. combines go. But um, I would say when analyzing before the season began, there was definitely, as far as like ABI, NAN, ATL, all those teams, there was definitely, you know, a lot you had to keep your eyes out for. And that's what I thought was, you know, intense but fun at the same time. Interesting. Uh, I guess jumping to Paladin next, did you experience that uh, from, I guess, from a new a new player's perspective? What was it like going into combines and going into draft? Um, were you really familiar with a lot of the teams uh, at the time and like kind of the cliques of people that were playing together? Or uh, was it just completely foreign to you and it was just you're going to kind of go where you go? It was mostly it was mostly completely new. Um, I know me personally going in, I was worried I wasn't going to get drafted, and then I learned everyone gets drafted. So it was that was kind of a relief because I'm awful at this game. But you know, uh, <laughs> um, there were a couple of people I knew outside of CSC before I joined. Uh, Swayze, for one, I've encountered him before, and that man is cracked. And I know whatever team that he was going to be on was going to be scary. And then I just heard through the grapevine. Um, I think Nico Mata's was mostly keepers, and um, you could probably let me know Slatong. Storm, I think, was mostly keepers as well, weren't they? The majority of the team? Uh, no, not really. Since or we're not, a new franchise, we had to not, draft Not Storm. So. Um, uh, Cow. Cow, I think, was mostly keepers. It was, there was another team. That is and, right. yep. Yeah, Cow. My, my mistake. It was Cow. Um, I knew they were going to, just by nature of having the players be kept, they were going to be um be a good team uh, a few of the other franchises i i kept an eye out just because people would throw the name around nan was another one who ended up drafting me um nan was was one i kept an eye on just because everyone was telling me they were they're kind of a storied franchise here in csc 
Um, but yeah, and unfortunately, I didn't have a whole lot. I didn't have a whole lot of information on on a lot of the players because, like I said, it's for my first season here, so it's been a learning experience. And some of the some of the tendy guys are. I I think they should definitely be in challenger. Some of them from playing with and against them, they are cracked. Obviously, like I said already, Swayze Cure is amazing. Uh, one of my teammates, um, two of my teammates actually, Reese, I think, is a very good offer. BVS um, is also been standout to me. Very good support player. Hits his shot. I'm very happy to have a team with both of them. Honestly, my entire team. Obviously, I'm just gonna. I'm biased, so I'm gonna say they're all amazing. And obviously, we're gonna win championships. That's a given. Falling uh, his shot early, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Playing a dangerous game there. Yes, I am. That's how I live. <laughs> uh, Guruzilla has impressed me. I'm I'm reading through the draft board here for the names. Wenlaf, Weston, basically everyone on academics has um, impressed me. Cloudzino is another one. I've seen his numbers. They're insane. Uh, so yeah, we have quite a few quite a few heavy hitters in. Intendi. Cool to hear. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I definitely like think that that sort of thing is mimicked in any very tier where you're going to see just the really strong players even after adjustments. You know, sometimes people just scrape by and they don't get moved up, and they're mm -hmm. uh, they're just staying with uh, they're just staying within the tier that they're kind of stomping around in, and you see that a, a little bit all over the place. And uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's kind of interesting how it doesn't it doesn't really change any tier you go to. You're going to see the really strong players. Um, so Tong, I do want to like pick your brain about being a new GM. You became a GM super late. Um, yep. you obviously had that last week of combines. That was pretty much the time you were given to mm -hmm. kind of get prepared and get things ready for your draft. So I want to know from your perspective, like pre GM, um, were you just kind of going through just playing combines like normal, doing some like scouting here and there to help out with your team or uh, was there anything specific? And then once you became a GM, like how quickly on a dime did you change what you were doing? Yeah, so um, I was actually so I was very fortunate that so last um, before I became a GM, I was on AVI. I was um, traded in a transaction deadline trade from AP to AVI last season, and so uh, on AVI we were we made it to the semifinals, which was pretty great for a team that that's only played like two officials prior to the playoffs together, and. The plan was originally before any tier shifts, any changes, was I was going to be the captain of the team because Blood got promoted. And because of that, so throughout the combine period, I was already doing a bunch of scouting just because we had three keepers, uh, we had three people on the team, and so we had to fill two positions. Um, uh, yeah, two positions for the team. So I was already doing a bunch of scouting. I um, stole a bunch of board spreadsheets and set them up in a, in, a, in a way that I can get all that information that I need from the combines and all that. So um, it kind of, I was very, very fortunate because the moment that I was notified that I was going to become a GM, I already had all this pre-existing information, particularly for that, the prospect recruit level, but because people were moving around quite a bit during the combines, I had a lot of information from people for people in contender as well. And that was one other thing that really felt pleasantly onto my lap was the three, uh, the three tiers that I was, uh, the three team tiers that I was provided were, the three lowest ones in a sense that they were contender, prospect, and recruit. So I had all of the information that I did from scouting throughout the first few weeks of combines and just interacting with people, talking with people, pugging with them. And so I already had a list of people that I wanted for my, for at that time, my AVI team ready for my franchises. 
So that was just, yeah, it was, I was, I was quite fortunate in a sense that I was able to get into a very fortunate situation in that, um, in that scenario. But yeah. Cool. That's interesting to hear. Uh, cause I know, um, it's a little different, like when, uh, you have, you have people to work with already that was, a, that were a part of your franchise from the previous season. So like when you get, you see these new expansion franchises, I think it's really interesting to see what kind of runs they can make and what, uh, what they can make of their first season, because I think it's kind of a defining, uh, it's really defining of how they're going to be as a franchise. Um, if they come out of the gate swinging, uh, like how your franchise has, you know, you show, uh, you're a little dangerous to teams. You show a lot of, uh, a lot of like prowess early on. Uh, you kind of cement yourself as like a team that is, it's important to keep an eye out, uh, keep a lookout for you. Um, so I think it's kind of cool to see when we get expansion franchises, see how they really perform. Um, and then uh, I guess I can touch on Elite a little bit. Um, yeah. I started in Challenger uh, for uh, Combines. And then after I made the decision that I did want to play Combines, I was on the fence about playing this season just because of uh, ESCA and other stuff. Um, but once I decided to play, I had uh, Roly Coley promote me up to Elite uh, to get myself a chance to... Uh, play a little bit and get a chance to try out Elite and see what happened. And uh, unfortunately, because I was focusing on doing admin stuff, most nights I didn't get to do just... I never got to play just a normal uh, Elite-only combine match. I only played the mixed Elite Prem games. Um, mm -hmm. But it was really fun. I mean, I think that was a super interesting solution we had this season to make sure all Prem players got their games played. Um, I think it would be interesting to see... I I've talked about this in private with people just kind of just brainstorming but i think it'd be really cool to see an expansion of that to other tiers as well so because i think that it really was able to accurately put people on borders you could kind of see who really was worthy of going up a tier um so that way if a player moved from elite to premier they could still play in that same pool of people in le prem and get an you could get an idea if they did belong in that right. higher tier or if it was just maybe an overperformance in the previous time so i think that it was really interesting to kind of finalize the edge cases in a tier and i think that was really interesting and super cool so that's something that i think would be cool to see in a lot of other tiers as for how it would be implemented, I have no idea, just because I don't think any other tiers really need it uh, for getting people their games done. I think it's normally that's just like an elite and prim premier issue. Um, but playing in that was really cool and uh, just seeing a, a wider pool of players because you got to see people from both sides of things be able to make comparisons. It's like, I know people in premier, so I can kind of make comparisons to players that I was interested in for elite and say, if I were to put them in like, you know, side by side with this person, how do they match up? And it kind of helped me be able to form, uh, like, kind of form my team from that side as well. Being able to know if we come against some, the you know, each team's going to have a heavy hitter. When we get against those players, who's going to be able to keep up with them? Who's going to be able to take charge and really bring uh, bring rounds into our, into our favor? Um, but yeah, elite and prem. Um, it was uh, definitely really cool getting to play in a higher tier. I mean, I've been in challenger for a long time, so this is my first first season out of it uh since like season seven i was in prospect so uh but yeah it was uh, definitely really cool getting to do elite stuff and then um yeah just building building a new team from the ground up pretty much i had one keeper with me i had mct alex so other than him uh, i had three new de's to bring uh and so it was cool to bring in new people um and just kind of make a team from the ground up again well that's awesome honestly um, one thing I do want to point out too, it doesn't look like you're actually having a bad season so far in Elite. Um, switching over to like the standing aspect of it, um, in 
just bringing up like what you just mentioned how you only had pretty much one one keeper with you you know mct or Mc, i don't know how to say it mcalex mcalex or yes got it sorry i'm bad at pronouncing names i'm horrible but um yeah like i said like i just mentioned you know um you said you mentioned uh you had three des so like how is like I guess the season season itself, how is that like going for you? Like, have you guys really like found like your stepping stone? Like, obviously you do have a winning record so far, but um, do you guys feel like you're at your peak yet? Or is there like still a lot of work to be done? I, um, I really think that we have enough to where we can push to be like a top three team in the tier. Um, I think we really have that edge over teams where, I think it just took us a long time to kind of find our footing. I know I had to miss two games myself because I was on vacation early on in the season. And so not having an IGL or a captain to kind of rope everybody in and get things going early kind of hurt us at the at first. Um, but we had a one and three record and we finished the season six and four. We had like a stretch where we lost one game in the middle, but we went five and one on the back half. Mm-hmm. Um, so we like once we kind of found our footing um and notably stopped playing inferno only because uh, we played a lot of inferno for the first like three or four matches uh that was all we played so uh we kind of realized that we had other um we had other strengths on other maps and uh moving people around in positions helped a little bit as well we realized like our vertigo is really strong our ancient's pretty good as well um and so we realized that if we were able to play into these other maps that when we first talked about it didn't really seem like they would be the strongest for us like ancient was kind of a question mark but once we got on the server and did some playing on it um, and did some scrims, like we were able to really just show up and do a lot of just do a lot of damage to good teams. And so I think like the second half of the season, we were really able to prove that we we can really hang. And I think that we have it to where we can make a semifinals appearance at the least. Um, I'm pretty confident in us uh, getting out of quarters. Nice. But, That's awesome, dude. But yeah, I guess I don't really talk specifically about the like DE side of things. Um, I did have one FA that I drafted being full cap. Uh, he played for OS in the previous seasons. Uh, but my two DEs were Aruru and Beko. And Aruru was someone I had my eye on pretty much throughout all of Combines because I played a couple played a couple of Combines with him. I had watched him on the streams a little bit. I had even played a couple of 10-mans with him. And he just seemed like a really good guy, had really good knowledge of the game. Even if on, you know, on the stat sheet, it's not going to show he's going to have like a 120 rating. Like he just knows what to, he, he knows a lot about the game. He has a very, very expansive knowledge on utility and uh, different setups, how to play our CT sides better, how to use, utilize our utility a lot better. And overall, just like he has a good, a good brain for Counter-Strike. And then Beko, he's top three stats wise. He's just a dude, just a monster. Um, he, he kind of just tears it up against basically anyone he's playing against. Uh, he does, uh, he does a lot for our team to kind of just get us ignited and, uh, just, he's able to close out rounds on his own. He's a very, very strong player. And he's, I think every team that I've been a part of, I've had one guy that's the centerpiece that everyone plays around and, uh, everyone's there to kind of make sure that guy's able to play above his, you know, play even above what his, you know, MMR or his pay grade is. And uh, I think we've been able to do that successfully with Beko. Um, but that's not even to talk of, not even mentioning Alex. Alex has had a really good season. He started off the season around a one pretty averaging. But the last like three or four games, he's had nothing but like a 1.20 or better. So he's been absolutely 
coming back in the second half of the season been really key in some really close matchups against uh, conference games that we really needed to win uh, for our seeding. And he, he, he went big in those games. So. Well, while we're still actually on the topic of just the elite, it seems like itself. Um, I wanted to ask you, I guess, do you have like any like notable like transactions that you've like noticed throughout the season that have helped like influence the standings the way they are for the end of the elite season? Yeah, so there was a couple that were really interesting. Um, on the top end of teams, there wasn't really that many moves from like the, uh, the you know the top side of each of each uh, of each end. There weren't really that many moves. Um, a lot of teams were coming out of the gate strong. You had like OS, H4K, and ATO, and even YC all kind of came out really strong. And so they never really made any changes. They just had a sub here and there, but they they didn't really need to make changes. They were a very strong team. Um, then uh, obviously we didn't make any changes, but I think like one of the bigger ones for me was uh, uh, was AVI. Um, Hyper had ended up uh, ended up being. Uh, cut from AVI to make room for cash uh, kind of as a last you know a very mm -hmm. late in the season transaction to make a move and try to uh, try to see if they could win the next couple games to make it into playoffs or make it into the wild card and uh, unfortunately it wasn't enough I mean Hyper came from season 12 or season 10 and he was in challenger was an all-star super good player he was super super cheap option for them and kind of made their team work because he was such a strong piece for being so cheap um and so I was really surprised when I saw the cut happen and he ended up, uh, they ended up getting rid of him for cash. Cash ended up getting dropped by cow earlier on in the season when they wanted to mix things up and try to make a run themselves. Um, and so cash ended up going over to cow or uh, cash came from cow, went to AVI. Um, and that change didn't really do much. I think they ended up, I'd have to double check. I think they won one game after that change happened, but I'm not super, super sure um, I believe that they ended up, yeah, they didn't, they w did not actually win any of their last three games. And I think he was only on for the last two or three. Um, so I don't think the change that they were hoping for happened with, uh, going, taking in cash. And then, um, as for other trades, the only other transaction I really noticed that was kind of interesting was Toldman getting dropped from Nan. Um, I, from what I was told and no, uh, what I was told, Holdman, uh, his PC actually uh, had a lot of issues and he just, his PC broke. So he only played the one game uh, earlier on in the season, didn't really have a great performance, and then he couldn't come back because he didn't have a PC to play. So they ended up dropping him and picking up uh, Tizuyu, which Tizuyu was an early round pick, was one of the first or second round picks for, I want to, uh, I cannot remember from who, I think it might have been Cal, but they... Uh, they went for that as a pickup, and I thought that was interesting, and I really did think that that kind of turned things around for Nan. Um, unfortunately, they only ended up going four and six, so I was kind of expecting them to maybe turn it around a little bit sooner, maybe go five and five, um, maybe even squeak out six and four at the time. I think they were like two and four, three and four, um, mm -hmm. but that didn't happen. So uh, those were really, for me, when I was looking at transactions for Elite, there wasn't that many big ones. Um, I would say the only other big one was in preseason, Kiri, uh, who has a lot of really, really strong uh, ESCA experience. Uh, Kiri came, is, a ma is a former main player, so they have a lot to bring. And uh, OS ended up cutting them uh, to make room for, uh, make room for, some, uh, for one of their other draft-eligible uh, draft players. And so Kiri did end up going to Cal and had a full season on Cal, but uh, there just wasn't a whole lot of movement in Elite this season, honestly. Um, but I guess I can talk a little bit about Prem because I know that there are some big, big transactions with Prem. 
Um, I think the biggest, the biggest is like one of the bigger trades. There's a couple. Um, so first off, Big Slime cut Devil, who ended up being, I think they finished the season like second in the entire tier. Um, on that paper, was yeah, on paper, Devil seems kind of like a no-brainer because he's insanely talented, super good rating. Um, he's uh, seemed to be a really strong opper. He did kind of did it all and uh, was the like star of that team. Um, but from what I was understood, what I understood was that it was a lot of attitude problems between him and the rest of the team, and it kind of created like uh, a little bit of like internal struggles between uh, between team members, and so. Um, I think it kind of speaks volumes when your best player is the one that does not make it out of the make it out of those struggles. I think it shows yeah. a lot when uh, when he's the one that is the one that when he's the one that's leaving. Um, it I think it shows a lot. Uh, it it uh, I think it's a pretty pretty telling for how things uh, were shaking down when when someone like Devil does, does not make a mess, does not make a team towards the end of the season. Um, other than the Devil cut, the other big one was Kando and Sharp. They got oh, traded from trade. they got traded from UPS to ABI, and honestly, that yep. was like not something I ever was gonna see, like or I was ever gonna like think I would see something like that happen. Um, I remember Sharp getting signed was a big deal. Um, I know that like a lot of the UPS guys were high on Sharp and wanted to come in, and then Kando obviously coming in was a huge deal as well. He's kind of terrorized every tier he's been in since he joined CSC in season nine. It was the MVP and Challenger, MVP and Elite, won a trophy in his first season, like. He's he's the do it all guy. He's an extremely talented player. So I think a lot of people saw that roster, thought it would be really strong, and then ended up making changes mid season, and they got shipped off to AVI. Um, I cannot remember for the life of me who they dropped in favor for them. But I think uh, they blurted, traded away. Blurted, they traded right? away blurted, and then they cut someone else. But I can't remember who else they cut. Um, but yeah, blurted came over to UPS and. It's interesting. You have two really, really strong players in Sharp and Kando, and they didn't actually make playoffs. Um, they uh, oh, wow. they did not make it. I would have to double check the standings, but uh, I believe they finished three and seven. Um, and considering that you're only taking the like top two from the wild card once the two uh, once the two two top from each conference is taken, they were not one of the teams that made it because you had a uh, you had a uh, H4K that was four and six, and you had BS that were four and six that took the two wildcard spots. So, I think it kind of speaks volumes when you have a trade like that go through. You think like, oh my god, that's the end for UPS. They just trade away like their two best rated players. It's nuts. And UPS is actually the one that came out into playoffs, and uh, AVI didn't. So I think it's it's a pretty big deal. I think it's really interesting when you see big trades like that. I know UPS has uh, been known to make some big big changes uh, mid season when they feel like they need to make it. They're not afraid to make changes. And uh, yeah, I think I think it's cool to see moves like that, and it's it's interesting to see that it didn't pan out for ABI like they were hoping it would. Now, okay, so obviously that move was probably surprising to all, considering that most of us know who Kando and Sharp is and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to just ask, you know, switch it up like a tiny bit. How big of an impact do you think moves like that, especially with like Devil and then Kando and Sharp? How do you like how big do you think that impact was for like the final standings of Premier itself? I think it honestly, I think it was a big change. Um, so I don't remember their exact record. I know Big Slime had a couple wins when they dropped, uh, they had a good amount of wins when they dropped uh, Devil. 
Uh, let me see if I can go find exactly how many they had. Um, but the like the thing is, is they they still got another win even without him. So it wasn't like them cutting them kind of killed their season. I think if they ended up cutting him and didn't make a didn't win at all, then it would have been a little scary because then they're getting in the three and seven range. Uh, right. you know, forced to forced to pl beat some tiebreakers. Um, but I think that overall the devil cut was more of a shock and awe, and I don't think it necessarily impacted Big Slime's chances of making playoffs. The chances of them making it further in playoffs, I'm not sure what what's, that's going to mean. We'll have to see where that goes, um, see if they can make a run past quarters. But at least for the initial kind of shock, it was, it was a big deal, but it didn't really impact the team making playoffs. As for the, uh, the tr big trade that happened between UPS and AVI, I think that really shook things up. I know AVI was kind of hurting. They needed to make a change. Um, I think AVI won, uh, like one or two of their games. I think they won a single game after the trade happened, uh, or not was before it. I don't think they won a single game after they made the trade, which I think is just kind of nuts to see. Um, cause you know, match day nine and 10, they had both, uh, Sharp and Kando and they didn't win either of those. They actually got pretty harshly beaten by UPS themselves on the last match day. I thought that was going to be a big game, super competitive. And it wasn't, it was not close at all. Um, oh. So I think wow. it really was surprisingly nail in the coffin for AVI. Um, and as for UPS, they came out a bit better. Like, they improved a lot. They won uh, all of their games at the end of the season. They won match day 8, 9, and 10 um, and came out ahead. So I think that that really shows that they were able to take it in good stride and make the change they need to make and make playoffs. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, I think uh, overall, I would say the trades had a lot of impact, but I don't think that they... Uh, I don't think they necessarily had a huge shakeup for everybody. I think those two, yeah. two or three teams were really impacted, but not much outside of that. Makes sense. Makes sense. Well, as a as a slimer myself, I had no insight about you know, I, I'm I'm Chally, so I have no insight really about any other tiers. Um, I all I remember seeing is again the transaction go through of the devil himself being dropped from Big Slime and. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I was I was shocked. All I knew is he was a very high, you know, MMR player, and then I I had no input though. I had no insight. But um, yeah. I mean, as far as that regard, I actually did. Um, I wanted to take it to kind of a different topic. Um, Paladin. I kind of like wanted to ask you and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> or actually, it goes for both Paladin and Satong. Like, um, were there like any major upsets or transactions? And what do you what are you guys just like input of the standings overall for like the recruit and prospect tiers itself? You want to take it first, or do you want me to go? I can go. I can. Uh, yeah, I can make it. Yeah, I, there's not really a lot of like a lot of crazy, crazy uh, upsets. If I'm completely honest with you, I think from my perspective, when I was what like I, I kind of start what want to start at recruit right because right now the miss team and recruit are doing really really well. Um, they're nine and one. They're top of their conference, top of top of the tier. Jeez. But the the one loss that they did have was against UPS, and I think that wasn't necessarily a um, an an upset because kind mm -hmm. of tying back to what o Owen's question was pre draft, what were the teams that you that I saw to be a quote unquote threat, right, or a quote unquote like oh this is going to be the biggest challenge in this uh, in the in the in the tier. At least from my perspective as a GM, I'm not playing, but I was able to be really hands-on with the with the miss team, with the recruit team. Um, the UPS and AP were definitely top two of those teams that I said, like, oh, 
these guys are going to be a problem, right? Like I know that I, Laws has been lights out. He has been absolutely crazy. He has, there's one game they lost, but he had 35 flashes and he had a 1.4 rating. Like 35 enemies flashes, 1.4 rating. So he's not only was he opping, he was top fragging and he was throwing like all of the youth support utility. It was just, and then UPS have such a good core of players. They have, I think, three players in the top 10 right now, or top eight even. Um, and so those are the two teams that I thought were um, kind of the biggest teams. Um, so the biggest the biggest upset in my eyes, at least, in, in Recruit was definitely the overtime match between the recent one, AP against OS. I know that um, Nan also beat UPS in the Recruit team. I think um, Nan beat the... Um, beat the spaghettes but i if i'm understanding correctly ups were playing with a sub and so i wasn't under i don't really truly know what the um dynamics of in that team so playing with a sub can provide so many different dynamics i think in prospect uh, recruit that was the biggest the two biggest upsets because i definitely had ap winning that match against os as well as ups winning against nan kind of moving to prospect i think there's only one major major upset that really pops up in my mind, and that was the YC upset against um, UPS as well, against the Raging Rigatonis on Vertigo. So coming into that game, YC had zero wins. So that's one thing that you have to keep in mind, right? So YC was coming into that game with zero wins. They just recently made a change. They just recently changed your, um, your turn and picked up Blood, who was cut from the AVI team. And Blood was an all-star last last year in pros uh, last season in Prospect, and so they brought in a brought in an all-star, and then they were able to beat the uh, Raging Rigatonis, the UPS team, on Vertigo. That's the most surprising thing for me was the map because I know that um, that UPS Prospect team really 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 liked Vertigo. Um, Razor talks about Vertigo and really likes playing Vertigo. I know Orca calls a really really good game on Vertigo, um, and so they. That was just a massive upset in my eyes because, yeah, YC came into that game without any wins and came out with a pretty decisive win, and I was really impressed by that upset. It was pretty sick. It was really sick. I, I rewatched the demo. I rewatched the VOD, and it was ooh, it was it was a good game. I mean, yeah, YC played really well. Nice. That's awesome. Paladin, and what about your insights, man? What you got for us? I feel like a lot has happened in Contender. Um, let's let's start with upsets and get the elephant out of the room. Let's address the elephant in the room. Frog beat us. Um, and I really... I hate to call it an upset, because I don't want to imply Frog is not a good team. Spartan has put together a team that can play well together. And unfortunately, they played well together at the expense of us. They had... That night was just on lock. They, they threw us off our map picks. We thought we were pretty solid on Ancient, but they came into that map and they had their fundamentals on lock. Um, we had some problems with our trades that night. Uh, some of my calls were not listened to and some specific location callouts were missed, um, which just gave openings for them to retake or take, what have you. They, they had that game on lock, and me and Spartan will talk a lot out in DMs, and I, I love the man. Um, and I'm, I'm happy that they got, I'm happy they don't end this season with no wins, even if it was, if it was at, at our expense. I'm, I'm glad that they got on the board. <laughs> now, as far as transactions go, let's actually, let's go to standings real quick. Uh, 
biggest story right now is Necromancers and Bachelors. Both of them sit undefeated at the top of their conferences. Um, that's going to be a good game when, when, if and when they finally meet. That's going to be one to watch. Uh, behind them is Storm. Storm is a scary team, and I definitely think they have the possibility to upset either one of those teams if they have a good day. Everyone on Storm is insane, and if if they all go off at the same time, that's a team that's very hard to beat. Uh, behind them is UPS, sitting at 7-3. and three. I don't know much about UPS. We've scrimmed them once. They were a solid team. Um, I don't know many of the players on it individually, unfortunately. I, I really need to interact with my tier mates more. <laughs> um, then uh, behind them, we... Uh, is us and Nico Matas. We're both we're tied for fourth. We both sit in six and four. We're both tied for second in our conference, tied for fourth in the tier. Um, yeah, trans- transaction-wise, a lot has happened in, in Tendi. Um, I want to go back to Frogs. Let's start with Frogs. They've made a lot of changes this, this, this season. I think they're... I'm going to double-check the channel. I think their most recent pickup was Fusion, if I'm not yep. correct. Yep, That's and, correct. He dismantled us on Ancient that game. Fusion, he had a 1v3 clutch. We were just, we, we were watching everything we thought we were, and he found the one area we weren't, and he just dismantled us. Won a 1v3 with an op. I forget if that was the last round of the game. I don't think it was, but that man is scary. And Spartan, I think, was, was a really good pickup for, for them. He was a midseason sign. I actually, um, I, I subbed in the game between Roombas and Frog in the scrim, and I got an offer from both teams. I went with Roombas, but I told um, Fleeb, hey, Spartan is a good IGL. He came through Combines with me, uh, and they ended up picking him up. It was at the expense. Uh, they did, they did drop, drop a couple of people that um, I kind of questioned. Firehawk was on the team, and I'm kind of biased. Me and Firehawk are friends. Uh, I didn't, I didn't quite like that transaction, mainly because she's on my, uh, she was on my fantasy team as the opper, and they took her off op and then cut her. So I'm like, come on, I need my fantasy points. <laughs> um, and then what was the other one? Basic, I believe it was, and this is this was an early transaction. I think it was, it was, and he was a rather higher MMR player. And <laughs> I think there were definitely other um, considerations with that transaction. Let me just say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I, that I totally get. I understand having attitude. I, I understand having attitude um, factor into cuts, which I guess is a good segue in, into, into ours um, with Roombas. Yeah, they, they picked me up match day two, I believe it was. Um, we lost that game, we won the next, and then the transactions came through that a lot of people were surprised at, was, was that we cut Zims and Complex. Um, and neither of them are bad players. They are both extremely talented. Going back to what you said earlier with the hours, Complex had sub-300 hours at the time. He's just, he's not got a lot of time in the game, but he is just on a different level. He is crazy, and I'm glad that he ended up on Storm. I'm glad he found a team uh, that was doing well where they could utilize him. I think he's a good addition to that team, and it just makes them scarier. 
Uh, Zim's was the other one that surprised people. Zim's was a was there were there were other considerations than skill that went into that decision. Um, but he's he's an insanely talented offer. He was that was a hard him and Complex both were hard decisions. Um, and I'm glad he ended up. I mean, he's on an undefeated team now, and I'm glad Necro picked him up. And I'm glad he's somewhere where they can utilize him. And from what I what I've heard through the game, I, Necro's kind of the team environment's kind of like the Wild Wild West. So uh, I, I I think he would vibe there, and I'm I'm glad both of them found found good homes. Well, yeah, that's awesome. Um, I know we're still on the topic of like upsets and stuff like that, and before I began to talk about, I guess, the some of Chally's upsets. Um, I kind of wanted to ask Paladin, um, while you were talking about, like, standings and stuff like that, um, I believe you guys still have, like, one... Uh, you guys still have one match day, correct? One game tomorrow against AP. Okay, okay. So, us, but, yeah. looking at, like, I guess, picturing playoffs now and stuff like that... Um, before like the final bracket is set and like like and stuff like that, do you have like any idea of like what teams could be seen as underdogs for playoffs? For playoffs, um, let me look at the let me pull up the the playoffs uh notice real quick. So Tong, I was actually going to ask the same thing for you as well. Like, is there any any team out there that you believe could just be the one of like having the underdog story for the play when it were to come playoff time and etc. Oh yeah. Um so kind of kind of I'll I'll touch base on prospect here a little bit while um while we just very briefly. I think the top of the bracket uh, the top of the list in prospect is pretty well defined right now. Honestly, there isn't really much going on. Um Big Welds ATO, Cardinals AVI and Triggerman are all um 8 and 2. So they are all leading the conferences with really good records. Um, HG were on a absolute tear in the beginning of the season, but people kept picking Inferno against them, so they're five and zero on Inferno. You know, like guys, pick another map against these guys. <laughs> these guys, these guys are good on Inferno, and um, so they 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 then lost um, against AT, um, ATO, who are my favorites right now at this current point in time. I um, ATO are my favorites right now just because they I think they have the deepest map pool. And they have the MVP candidate leading the way with season. Um, and Beans has come out to be a really, really good IGL in my eyes. Um, anyways, so Cardinals are 8-2 and two as well. Um, and Triggerman are 8-2, right? Those are the favorites. Right. Um, in my opinion, the potential upset in the playoffs, coming into the playoffs this season, I can't not say Rain, right? I cannot say Rain, the wet team. I mean... Um, I'm just gonna throw it out there. That's that. That's a um, potential upset right there. But truly, what's very interesting right now for the prospect is the bottom of the um, the bottom of the tier. Where I, I say bottom very loosely, but it's just right now the alchemists, the brisket bombers, the gunky goons, and the rodent. I think are the four teams that are currently fighting for wild cards, wild card spots, and it is going to be tough. Like. Um, mm-hmm. 
Um, particularly, like, I didn't mention these teams in the four, but the Caracals re- recently made, like, a bunch of mid-season moves. And I commended Ledbone personally. I, like, reached out to him. like, hey, dude, you're doing a great job in making these changes mid-season because they have an MVP candidate themselves in rank C. And one thing that I also wanted to shout out, like, in, 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 the, top th- in the top three or top five right now of prospect in terms of statistics, there is no first-rounders there right now. There is no first-round draft picks that are in the top five. So I think that just shows the amazing, like wow. how important drafting is and how important building a team around a good, mm-hmm. a good player like these un, kind of like diamonds in the rough kind of players. But these Caracals, um, Caracals, Caracals, the SAV team, they made a huge comeback. I think they like picked up a bunch of new players. They changed a lot of different players, and um, I think that they're going to be a really big dark horse in in the playoffs. Come come playoff time. But the brisket bombers, the kittens, the alchemists, the gunky goons, and the ronin are right now really fighting for that wild card spots. And if they can make some really good pushes towards the last two MDs this next week, I think it's going to be great. It's going to be a great, great. Um, it's going to be a great fight towards the bottom of the uh, bottom of the tier just to get that wild card position. Um, yeah. So my my up big upset my my favorite right now are ATO, and my upset right now is Sav. Um, that is not including you know the wet team. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's 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 for prospect in recruit really briefly. Um, I think one team that has a really good potential to upset are the Tadpole Titans. Um, I know that their recent form rating are are quite is is quite low at 0.22, but they have been playing with subs like back to back to back. I mean, to be fair, Getner, who was one of those subs, and Getner is one of the best players in that recruit tier as a PFA, in my opinion. It was. For, it, was, it was insane to me that I was a prospect and he was a recruit just because he is crazy. But um, so he got moved up, thankfully, because he's a PFA, so he can't be picked up as a as, as a sub anymore. Um, but no, I think the Tadpole Titans, once they get all of their players kind of in the server together, I think they can make a really, really good push because they're still in the playoff picture, right? They're they're still right. fighting for that wild, wild card spot. And I think once they have everybody on their team kind of set, no more subs, no more replacements, and they still have a few MDs to kind of warm up into the playoffs. They're going to be a they're going to be a uh, a team to to look out for. Nice, that's a, that's cool. What? Some? Uh, oh, oh, okay. Um. Yeah, so um, I guess that just leaves then. Um, was it Chally? Chally, and then uh, the wild like wild card playoffs, etc. For Elite and Premier itself. So I haven't, um, I haven't talked I, about Tendi yet. Oh yeah, that's true. I forgot <laughs> about that too. Oh, yeah, for getting him here. <laughs> we can just start with Pallet and then work our way up. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, we'll do that. So obviously the standouts. I mean. The standouts for Tendi are going to be Necro and Bachelors. They're ten and zero. Upset wise, I really think any of the wet stands out to me. Storm as the biggest potential upset. If, like I said earlier, if all of their players have a good game, I think they can beat any team here. UPS is right behind them. Those are the biggest two to watch. I think. I mean. They're in second and third. Not that big of a stretch to think they do well. <laughs> um, other than that, I think 
Nikomadas, ourselves with Roombas, and Cheetahs are all potential. I, I think if any three of our teams have a good good game, if we get on a map and we're feeling it, I think we can take a map off of any of the teams in playoffs. And I think we can take a match out of out of any of them. Nice, nice. Um I guess I can uh I can touch up on Chally real quick. Um I know we are talking about like playoffs and such, um, but I actually wanted to just say a few things. Um as far as like the Chally tier has gone for the season, there hasn't really been that many like transactions and mid-season moves. Obviously, there's just been a lot of like free agent pickups and stuff like that. Um one thing I wanted to note for Chally, as far as transactions, um, the move was kind of made really before the season took off. Um, the only thing that really happened was Cal picking up Iguana and Deeran, and they have shown promise on Cal for this season so far. I think Cal is a very strong team, definitely an underdog for the playoffs, considering that they are currently... I believe they are where are they at five and five right now. So they are currently tied for fourth um, when it comes to playoff time, even though we do still have one match day left. Um, as far as that goes, I mean, J-Pan and Chipap also being signed by ATL. Oh, and I don't know if you have any insight about that, but I think those are two great solid pickups that you guys managed to snag after uh, preseason cuts and stuff like that. And then yeah. one more notable thing I just found for Chally itself was just Chip being signed um, for Scally, Scallywags. Um, I think he's a very strong, solid player. And so after that, I mean, as far as playoffs, obviously I got I to gotta favor my boys, the Mucks. I mean, we've had a, a pretty strong season so far. Um, last season, we kind of had a lot of struggles as far as um having a consistent five-man starter so we kind of kind of had a rough end of the last season um but this year we kind of we put a lot of time and effort into uh into practice getting team play down and stuff like that and so i i i'm confident i'm confident obviously i think everybody should be confident in their own team play and uh i think playoffs are going to be very very interesting to watch as far as chally this year um upset wise um i wanted to point out both of the new franchises um the masters and the diviners because both are still in playoff contention playoff race wildcard race and they're both two new franchises i i understand um chally is the highest tier for the new franchises and stuff like that and chally is you know or i guess any tier really um it's it's tough to have such a short time frame and being able to you know trust a, a full starting five who have no team play whatsoever no sort of role positioning and stuff like that and they're putting up solid numbers so to still be in the race of playoffs that is truly you know that that's special that's that's amazing um i do want to ask i guess about some of the other chali teams one of the yeah. things I'm curious to hear about is some of the teams that were pretty that made playoffs last season or are historically pretty strong, not really performing up to that standard this season. You look at someone like OS, they normally are a 
the consistent playoff team. They're two and eight this season. You have mm-hmm. uh, you have HG who made a grand final run last season and won the season before that, and they're four and six. They're they're right at the border. Um, uh, if my and I think if my tie breaking calcs were right from match day ten, they're just being just barely uh, cut off from being a wild card by hell. Um, so like, kind of let me know what you think about those teams. Um, even something like gas, like a lot of these teams are not having the best of seasons after making a playoff run last season. Like, mm-hmm. is there anything specific that's consistent between them? Is there uh, just kind of they lost their stars, or you know, what do you think is going on with those teams? So I've noticed actually a couple things. Um, one thing I did want to point out: um, both the gas and HG only have nine games on record for stats. Every other team has ten. So I don't know if it was like a a missed match between the two teams if they were supposed to face off and stuff like that. Um, it, it does change, you know, the playoff bracket at the end of the season. Um, I don't know if they are going to reschedule to make that match up. Um, but I something is going to need to be done about that, considering that um, it just changes the whole aspect of playoffs themselves. Now, what I have noticed is, again, I've noticed like a lot of free agents being picked up throughout the season. Um, I, I do know, I think for HG, at least, um, we didn't face, uh, HG when T or T Grumpy was out and T Grumpy, I believe is like their star opera for the team. And so that was just, you know, one of those moments. I don't know how long he was gone for. I think it was like three games or something like that. Um, but that definitely could have had an impact of, you know, maybe a, a better record amongst those three games. Um, as far as like, you, you mentioned, uh, like cow and OS and stuff like that. I know OS has a lot of team chemistry. I know they know, have known each other for quite a while. And I believe they have four keepers if, if I'm not wrong. So it definitely, definitely quite surprising to see, you know, the outcome of their season, knowing how much time they have had to spend with each other, their team play. Like they should have been, they should have had a phenomenal season. Um, I don't really have much inside insight about like what happened throughout the season for them. Um, all I know is it was definitely a little bit upsetting to see how they had a downfall this year. Um, I, guess, I guess a follow up with OS that I have is uh, something that we saw last season in Elite in season 10 was uh, season 10 UPS, their elite team kind of imploded. Um, it was a strong core of people that had been together for a long time. You had mm-hmm. uh, people like uh, Curious, uh, John, and like Mahalo were like the three major ones. Because at this point, Deluxe had already left to uh, go to ATO. Right. So they saw almost like an implosion. And this season, they have a completely new team. Do you think that's on the horizon for OS? Or do you think they're going to just put the season behind them and move on for season 12? See, I feel like, I mean, I think they have to put it behind them you you can't do much for this season anymore with the the record you do have because you're technically already knocked out of playoff contention you only have one match day left and there's there's no possibility of even making it to the playoffs for the rest of the season so i think the best move or the only move realistically is to just put it behind them and see see what comes next season you know um but yeah that's that's honestly my intake about um just OS themselves. So one thing I did want to actually mention real quick too is Nan. A, a surprising move from Nan and Chally this year, honestly. Three keepers, 
one being brought up from Contendi, and then one draftee. You have a lot of experience team play wise, veterans that have played with know each other, know how they play, etc. And honestly, I they lead their, you know, they lead their conference. They are number one for their conference. They are tied. ATL, your boys, ATL are closely in that race. But um, I mean, it was definitely surprising to see the, you know, a contender being player being brought up into this environment and having a draftee and still doing this well for the for the tier this season. So that was just, you know, another shocking move that mm-hmm. overall surprised me and caught me off guard for Chally. Yeah, and that that I, I want to mention their 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 Tendi team too. Um because they're forgive me, but with the with the tier shift that happened, it would have been the equivalent of their Tendi team was the one that would have went all the way to the grand finals last season and lost, correct? Mm-hmm. And just to go go from that to they're sitting at four and six now. Just seems like they're they're having some ups and downs, and from what I understand, that's kind of the story of the franchise. Um, go they go through some some ups and downs, but yeah, that that that's one that I'm kind of I'm surprised that they're sitting where they're sitting this season. Yeah, I guess uh, I can talk just more about standings on it for Elite and Prem. Um, I think that the elite standings especially were really close for a lot of the season. Um, I think now things have chilled out a little bit, and so it's a little bit more straightforward. Uh, elite and Premier, for the record, are both done. They finished their regular season. Uh, quarterfinals for Premier start on Tuesday, which we'll talk towards the end of the show mm-hmm. uh, for predictions and playoff stuff. And then Elite, uh, they have play-ins on Tuesday for the, final, the seventh and eighth seed for the playoffs. And then we have quarters for Elite on Thursday. Um, so these uh, brackets are, or the brackets and the standings are completely, they're done and they're sorted. Some of the big things for me that I think are really interesting when you look at something like Elite, um, a team like UPS I mentioned, they had a completely total rebuild. And one of the big things that was a rebuild around was they brought back, um, uh, they brought back Deluxe. Deluxe had been on that team for a long time. I think that that's a really, really important piece of that team. The kind of previous UPS member, the veteran, they came back and were able to just build up around with them. Uh, so you have uh, GZ, Exotic, Phasex, and then Deluxe, and then they picked up Pine from Draft. This team was kind of thrown together with a lot of really strong pieces. You had GZ and Exotic, who I believe were both on gas uh, last season for um, uh, the for Challenger, and they had a good run in playoffs, and then both of them get tra- shipped off to UPS. And I think them showing up to UPS and still finding success. You have Jeezy, who's tied for first in the tier rating-wise, um, still being an all-star, going to potentially get MVP. Like, I think it's kind of interesting when you look at a team like UPS, total rebuild, and you still find a lot of that success. H4K, in my opinion, was like like a completely insane uh, situation. It's yet again another crazy big rebuild. Um, they had no one from last season coming through to stay. Because the only people they had that uh, kept playing was Hookshot, and Hookshot went up to Premier. So losing a player like Hookshot and Blitz and everything, and then rebuilding total rookies. You have Kyle, Syed, James the Great, Zane, and Too Gentle in making their run in reg season 8-2, and two, taking down UPS, which for a lot of teams was the scariest team in the tier. Like, I think that's a pretty nuts uh, situation for, for, H4, uh, H4K. I think that's pretty good. Um, and you even have OS. I think in the storyline behind, uh, behind OS is really interesting because you had someone like Dale Cooper who came in at the uh, later end of season 10 
And while they did make it to quarters, they lost 2-0. They didn't really do much. But Dale Cooper, like, had this system, wanted to build this team, and they were able to be a lot more... It became a lot more successful going into the season. Dale Cooper himself has been performing very, very well. Um, and uh, But he's getting people to play into the system. He has Dirty, who was a keeper from last season. And then they... And like I said earlier, they dropped Kiri, which I think was a big surprise for myself and a lot of other people. Uh, but they make all these changes, and then they end up getting... Uh, De- uh, I'm not going to... I'm going to butcher this. Da Davad, uh, Travis, and then Jax. Like... Got some good pieces, and they're seven and three. They 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 finished the season in third in their conference. Their conference is really strong, um, but that's still an extremely respectable uh, uh, record to have. And they're going into playoffs with, uh, you know, they're going to make playoffs straight away, skipping play-ins. And I think that's just really really interesting to see from from OS. Kind of you know, a lot of these teams rebuilds around one or two pieces or nothing at all, and they're just showing up and and beating everybody up on the conference B side of things. I think ATO is like night and day difference. They were two and nine last season, after uh, after season ten ended. Really, really, sh- really rough season. It just didn't really pan out for them. I think Tej is kind of their star player, and he was on IR for part of the season, I believe. Um, and so they didn't really have that star power. Season eleven, however, is just a complete one eighty from that. They ended up getting Winax from the draft, and I rated Winax pretty highly on my own draft board. I thought that they were a solid player. Um, so they had Tej, Dumpster Fire, Fiction, and then Assassin, the the GM of uh, ATO. They they have come together and uh, they play very very aggressive and very proactive Counter Strike. They're a really strong team. Uh, they're eight and two. They're the best team in Conference B. They have the second seed in the playoffs. Um, they're very good. Then uh, YC in ATL are both tied at six and four. YC lost match day one to ATL, so ATL gets the head-to-head win over them. I talked about my own season earlier. Came back towards the second half, had a really strong ending. Um, and then uh, YC, like I think YC is just they're just a solid group. They have some good play- people on paper who, when they're showing up and able to perform well, it uh, is a difference maker. You have people like System who is a solid player. Um, yeah, someone like Expo, who has been a consistent Chally piece pretty uh, for a lot, of se- a lot of seasons, came up to Elite this season, is performing well still. Um, so I think that YC is just kind of a solid team when they're on, they're on. Um, and uh, as for like wildcard stuff, it's a tight race. You have three, three, and seven teams, two, four, and six teams, and two, five, and five teams. So the teams that just barely didn't make it were Cow, AVI, and AP. A three-way tie that were all just outside of the play-in and wildcard uh, um qualification and then you had bs and sav who were tied five and five sav had a really good start to the season started off three and zero had another win kind of in the middle but they really really tanked towards the end they lost the last three games um all of which were uh big conference games or huge losses for them one of them being to hg on match day 10 match day 9 was against atl and like those two secure them not making straight into playoffs and skipping these other teams and then uh, you look at someone like HG, who had a really rough start. They ended up coming back with a couple wins towards the end of the season. I think HG on paper going into the season was a team I was a lot more afraid of. I think someone like Pecan is a solid player. He's really good. Um, I think you even have uh, someone like Failology and Gilfy. Both came from Nan last season. Um, got traded in the offseason to HG. I thought that they were going to kind of light up the server, have a really, really good season. And then you even look at someone like... Uh, Someone like Kyrell, who was the who was an all-star from HG Challenger last season. They were kind of the the main piece that made the team work. And I think it's kind of crazy when you look at it and uh, you notice that they just really, really weren't, um, you know, they really weren't performing up to, in my opinion, what standards they had set just because of who was on that team. Um, 
And so I think that you, but I think that them making a comeback towards the end of the season to make it into the wild card, I think that's a big deal for them because I think that this team, they've kind of started to ramp up and I think this team could really shut down some of the bigger names and have a lot of upsets behind them. I think they're a dark horse in my opinion. I would be afraid if I had to face HG, I'm not going to lie. But yeah, I mean, uh, for, for elite, I guess that's like everything. And then, uh, Premier is pretty, pretty cut and dry. UPS, Cow, and Gas all had very strong records. All the only three teams in the tier to have winning records, just beating everybody up. OS and H4K had a really tight tiebreaker on Conference A, and so OS ended up winning that, getting the straight playoff spot. But then H4K made it through wildcard. Big Slime was four and six behind Gas and Cow in Conference B. They make it in wildcard as well. So uh, I think those are the two main people making it then obviously you only had two teams that didn't make playoffs at all being avi and hg hg's key piece in kowalski was on ir for most of the season so by the time he came back it was too late to recover anything yeah, yeah. and then uh and then you had avi like we talked about earlier the big trade just did not work out um but yeah i, I think standings wise i think that uh prem is pretty interesting you have a team like cal that's all rookies minus proto being the only person coming up from elite and they're just beating everybody up, having some really good games. UPS looks really strong as well in the back half of the season. OS had a couple good wins. H4K has really recovered. They were 0-5 to finish 4-6. and I think it's a really good recovery from them. Um, yeah, stains-wise, I think that's all I really have to say about uh, really all I have to say about the about those two tiers. Pretty um, straightforward think, itself. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're going to shoot to a quick little break. It should be around three or five minutes, and we're going to come back, have a couple more open discussions about stuff so everybody's gonna get their voices heard not gonna have the one by one type deal right. uh, but yeah we'll shoot to a little break and we'll we'll see you guys in a bit
Welcome back, everybody. We had a short intermission, um, but we're back to talk about uh, talk about a specific franchise. Um, we're going to talk a lot about a lot about the history of the NA Nades, Nan. Um, oh they've been known to known to make their grand final appearances, but they are oh boy, <laughs> they are they have yet to get a win in the grand finals. Um, so I think what we wanted to do is just bring up a discussion, talk all about Nan, because I think this season especially has been on the lower side for them as a franchise in recent in uh, in recent history. They they've normally been a strong contender for like a top five, top six spot in all of uh, franchises as a whole. Normally they might have one tier that's struggling, but they're normally really strong across the board. And I think this season is the first season in a while that that just hasn't been the case. Um, so I think uh, I want to talk about kind of the highlight of them this season. First, we have Challenger, which is 7-3. and three. So I think this is obviously very clearly going to be a playoff team. Uh, you mentioned it before, Diabetes. You talked about Nan and how they, uh, they've they kind of had a really strong season. They've come out of nothing with a lot of keep. They come out with a lot of keepers, right. and they've been really, really strong. Oh, yeah. um, so I guess I want to pose this question to the other two then. Uh, you briefly touched on it, Paladin, but we'll start with you. Like, What about Nan? this season uh with their current roster just isn't necessarily clicking as well uh that was before and then we'll go to slatong to talk a little bit about prospect as well uh i didn't get much time with nan's contender roster unfortunately i i i did get a feeling that they have a lot of individually skilled players um but the how do I want to word this? The impression I got is maybe they're having maybe a coordination issue. Um, I, I've heard through the grapevine that there's there's been some there's been some coordination issues with the team, and and I I don't know what the cause of that is. Um, they have they have a solid lineup. Hugh has um, I think like you diabetes. Hugh has collegiate experience in CS as an IGL. Um, so he's definitely not a bad choice to lead that team. Surge mm -hmm. was a very individually skilled player when I was playing my my combines and my preseasons with him. Um, they, I'm not sure who's on op now. They had hug. Um, they ended up getting rid of him mid season, which surprised me. I think uh, it might be germs. Might uh, be PC. germs. It is germs. Germs. It is the germs now. PC. Oh my! <laughs> and then, and then control. Control is a good player, and he was one of their early drafts. Um, I think he was their first pick this season. And they have the pieces. They have the individual pieces there to be a good team, and it's just not coming together, unfortunately. It's unfolding, and it's tough to see because um, I know we wanted to transition into like Satong talking and stuff like that um i just wanted to say real quick um as far as like looking into nan's downfall and can they make grand finals etc um i've played a lot of like 10 mans personally with nan and stuff like that so and i recently just took a took a look into their prospect you know standings and stuff like that and i i can agree and say that i know like their players they have a lot of team play they have a lot of coordination and stuff like that so it's odd and it's strange to see a downfall occur amongst the franchise and stuff like that pointing out like there's prospect teams specifically carry sainted jawa 
Captain Scotland. They have, I, I'm pretty sure they've played with each other for a fair amount of time mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I know they are capable of putting up solid numbers and being such a strong team. If, but when if it comes I, to like the final standings and stuff like that, they only have a five and five record. And if and, I, if I may interject real quick, those players, we, we, when we were doing our preseason 10 mans, we would, we would, it was a mixed bag. We would get prospect players. We would get challenger players. And they were hanging. They were hanging with their higher tier players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like they have, they got dogs in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they they can play. They can play the game. So it's just it's. I uh, honestly, it's shocking. It's surprising. I know their Chali team is putting up solid numbers again this year. Um, seven and three, top of their conference. Um, but I mean, it's. Oof, it's it's tough. It's tough to see, tough to hear about, tough to explore, and just. Me. <laughs> so, producer Kono stepping in on the mic. I also, as a fellow attendee, wanted to kind of talk about how Nan's doing in Contender, um, specifically since we just played against them, and um. I think we just barely scraped out a win. It was a really tough match. I think Nan is a team that like their scoreline doesn't exactly reflect, you know, the type of team that they are. I think they are, you know, pretty strong and got a lot of strong players, specifically in like mm-hmm. Surge. I remember that was someone that we were keeping a really close eye on over at Big Slime, and mm-hmm. you know, in that game performed like phenomenally. And so, like again, I don't really think that the scoreline is really reflective of exactly how the team is doing i think that you know all of contenders been pretty tough this season you know for Mm -hmm. ourselves included of like there's just a lot of tough opponents and you know sometimes it can just come down to i think the difference maker in some of these matches is is some of those like clutch variables like the things that Mm -hmm. you can't really exactly predict or prepare for it's yeah 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 you're right you're right I think I think Nan just piggybacking off that. I think Nan secured a wild card spot in playoffs, and they are perfectly capable of making a deep run. That team is. They can make the deep run, but can they finish it? Mm-hmm. That's that's the question. Can they finish the job? Yeah, I want to jump to Slatong a little bit, just because talking about their prospect players, because this. The prospect roster has a lot of players from their contender grand final appearance from previous season. They have uh, Kerry and Scotland. Um, they both were a part of that contender team that had that deep run. So I want to hear from mm-hmm. you, like playing against them, kind of talking to them more, being in the same tier. Like, do you think that they have any sort of confidence that's been lost as they, uh, because of that loss in grand finals? Or uh, do you think that they aren't really clicking with their team as well as they were before in uh in the previous season um i mean first of all let me just preface this i as a as a fellow gm i don't think this is a downfall per se for for nan i don't think that this season is particularly like oh this is a this is a horrible disaster or anything like that i i personally don't think that that's the case first of all because um there's out of all the different as this current standing point like the standing in stats they're ranked 12 and out of 18 franchises. So it, it might be just a small litmus test of what we're usually expecting from them. Um, I just want to just preface that. And it's also, um, it would be great to have someone here in the in future episodes. So if you're ever interested, first of all, if you're ever interested in joining um, the weekly drop or be a guest in the weekly drop, feel free to DM Konotoki and we'll try to make that happen. So just 
wanted to let everybody know that. But I think it, it would be much better, um, just from an outside perspective, kind of looking into into that. Because I thought that there were definitely that, um, before the season started, preseason, I thought that they were going to be contending for the top top spot in, in the tier. And um, right now they're in a wild card position, right? Um, <clears throat> at least in prospect. Uh, well, last season we have to do we do have to consider that Antlion and Apache were on that team, right? Like in that contender grand final team, um, Antlion right now, um, Antlion got promoted and he's now posting a what a one point two nine rating in as a top five player in challenger. Like that is man absolutely is, crazy. man. Man is going insane in challenger right now. Mm-hmm. Insane. It, it, exactly like. You have a player like Antlion, who's such a dominant opera. He was the MVP of Contender last season. He's in the running to be an MVP of Challenger. Like, that's, that's like, Hando-esque, right? Like, in terms of starting from Contender to Challenger. Like, that's that's crazy. And so you have a really hard carry player like Antlion um, in that Contender team last season. And then you also have Apache, who's doing really, really well in the Challenger team on that. So, um, I mean, losing a two, two super high fragging potential players like that, but then picking up a really good player like Satan, I think, I, I don't know ent- entirely like what quote unquote the issue is, whether there even is an issue. Um, I just think that um, from a firepower perspective, they're just never all on together. I think that's what okay. from the outside yeah. looking in, mm-hmm. just kind of looking like statistically, right? Like it, one player can have a 1.4 rating, but then some other player has a 0.75 or. Mm. Um, just there's it's never like everybody has above 1.0. That's re- like quote unquote like from my perspective, that's rare. And so I don't know. I think they still have it, have what it takes to kind of come back this season and turn it around. They have a really deep map pool and they play atypical maps. Um, Captain Scotland is a notorious Mirage hater. Everybody knows that he doesn't like playing Mirage. So and that's their permaban. So he plays. Um, he they they have a really strong Vertigo. They beat Triggerman on Vertigo. Um, they have a pretty solid nuke. They have a really good overpass. So they have like a, a really deep map pool, in my opinion. So they still can definitely make some noise. I don't, um, five and five being above 50 with how many teams are below 50 this season, I think is still pretty decent. Um, that's just kind of my perspective, like losing that Antlion esque player or an mm-hmm. Apache esque player and then just having right. to rebuild with newer players. It is what it is, though. I think they still have what, I definitely still think they have what it takes. Um, I'm not sure how they are in contender, nor they are in challenger. Challenger seems to be doing, or, or elite for that matter. Um, I know that kind of going back a little bit to the recruit team, um, I know that their recruit team has been contributing a little bit to that number 12 uh, placement, right? They had to absolutely just blow up that roster. They right. had five players um, they had five players on that team that they drafted. Their dra- um, number 10 draft and number 11 draft, they had back-to-back drafts for the first and second round. Um, one of those players, I think, had some issues with Discord and then had to get off of Discord, and then they had to... Um, and then they just left the server, I think, is what I'm understanding. Um, I think there's a mix of things that happened. I know that there was one yeah. or two that left. There was one that had to just stop playing for the season because of IRL commitments, and then I yep. think they just decided to get rid of the last one or two and just completely wipe the slate and start over. Exactly, and so they completely rebuilt that. and. The, the moment that they rebuilt, I think they were 0-5 and five or something like that. So it was already kind of mid-season, right? And they've had some really good wins here and there, but kind of building from a 0-5 and then losing your IGL and then losing your number one round pick, right? Because um, computer issues or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's just really tough for them to kind of have to build back into the season. Um, they did grab a really good player from a demotion in Mimsy. 
And then they picked up Yin Peak, who is a really good player, in my opinion, just subbing here and there for everybody and just showing that they're wanting wanting to play and they're out there. But, I mean, it's tough. It's tough from the recruit team having to blow up and completely um, reset. I think that just was, was quite tough. So hopefully that they can rebound here. There is still an opportunity for their recruit team to make the playoff from a wild card position. It's going to be tough because their conference has UPS, AP, ATL, and AVI in them, if I'm not mistaken. So it's going yep. to be a it's going to be a very tricky conference. But um, something can happen. They still have a few more games, right? They have, mm-hmm. I think, they have three more games. So who knows? Who knows? But anyways, yeah, that's kind of for the recruit prospect. I just wanted to ask you about like one more thing, Sotong. Um, do you think if Nan had like the opportunity to have some veteran status for the recruit team, at least one veteran player who has had the Nan experience, knows, you know, people in Nan, such as like Carrie or Captain Scotland, not saying move them down to the tier, but somebody in the recruit tier of having experience in the franchise itself, do you think their recruit team, the Nate stack, could have had more success for the season like do you think it would have been like exponentially better for that team itself or do you think it would have taken more for that recruit team to get off to a better start well i think they started with like the the beginning of the season they did have that veteran player that had scary as their igl who Uh was last season um the number round uh, the first round pick for nan's prospect team and he did pretty uh, pretty well as a support player. He knows all these lineups. He knows CSC, but he was just uh, burnt out a little bit on CS and had some IRL stuff going on. But um, and so he decided to step down midseason, and I think that was the biggest blow for them, right? Like especially in a tier like recruit where it's a, where first of all there's a huge boom in players from the Xbox uh, <laughs> from um, yeah, I- Xbox game. Um, no, no, uh, like with this, such a huge boom of players, there's no IGLs. I think that's the really hard part, right? Yeah, there's, it's really hard to find. And as my experience as a GM in Recruit, it's really hard to find an IGL and it's really hard to find a really dedicated opera. And so um, in that early team, I think they lost both of those players because if I'm understanding correctly, I think reality, um, one of their players that had to drop off were um, they had to... They they were the upper and then scary was the IGL so they lost the two kind of core pieces for a team and recruit so or that was just to develop yeah exactly so that just could. made it really really tough so yeah so I mean I guess one could say like that could have definitely just they lost their potential as mm-hmm. a team for that recruit tier they had yeah. the stepping stones they had the centerpiece and unfortunately it was just that that spark just did not. It didn't happen for him because they lost those valuable pieces. Yeah, exactly. And, and speaking of veterancy, like the, their Tendi team, they that was sort of a rebuild. It was a rebuild season too, because they had one keeper mm-hmm. in Hug, and they got rid of him mid season. So they're with a completely new lineup. Given that that happened, I would not call this season a failure for them. It could have been a whole lot worse, but they're, they still earned a wild card spot. I mean, you still made playoffs. And um, going back to their prospect team, I, I know with, with their record, I know one of the questions you would ask is, do you think it's getting to them? Me playing with, have been, having played preseason with Kerry and, and Scotland when we, when we did, like in their 10-mans, it's not getting to them at all. They are pretty locked in, mm-hmm. um, from what I remember. And I know, back to their Tendi team, um, 
I wish I had more insight on what was going on with him. Earlier in the season, I tried to DM a couple of the guys just to see, like, hey, how are you doing? How's everything going? I didn't get much response, so I kind of just let it go. Um, so I wish I had more insight on how that was going, but I, like I said, I know Hugh has experience IGLing in a collegiate environment, so I'm sure he's putting the hours in, he's doing the demo review, etc., and I, I, I have a pretty good feeling that they're going to be working towards a good playoff run. Yeah, I think something I want to bring up a little bit um, about Prospect before jumping to Elite is I'm looking at stats, and I, I know stats aren't going to show everything, but I think something that's like kind of concerning for a team like the NAN Prospect team is they don't really have like a standout superstar. Sainted is their best player at a 1.06. And yeah, Carrie's right behind them at 1.05, but I think that's like, and then Jawa's right at the right there at a 1.04, so they have three very close. Rue is at a 1.01, and then Scotland's at a 0.97. But I think it does kind of echo that sentiment that they don't have someone who is consistently putting in the numbers. Everyone is sort of bottoming out. They're hitting their peak. They're going back and forth. Um, and so I think like kind of an, a, a more of a, I think something from what my guess is, is like, I think that the fragging is just an issue because I know that Scotland and Kerry were never relied on for fragging on their contender team. You had players mm. like Your Turn, who was a solid late like mid-round pickup, mid-season pickup, but then you obviously had Antline and Apache. They were the two stars of the team that were going to make mm -hmm. everything happen. So I know that you're not required to do that, especially with Scotland being the IGL. I know it's a little bit different for him, but even mm -hmm. even then, I think it's like you have players that have a lot of experience that are kind of going to be at a higher level, uh, playing against higher uh, level opponents when you even with a tier shift. Well, yes. You're still playing us within the same people. There's a different cutoff. I still think that they have a full season of experience at this point. Um, and I, I think, like, you would really you really need to see them perform better. I don't know if that means maybe making us change. I don't think we, I would make one this late. But I don't... Maybe that means maybe in the mid-season you, you, you take a risk. You get rid of someone like Sainted or Rue or uh, Jawa even. Like, I don't know if you want to get rid of any of those players and you want to keep... Carrie, because mm -hmm. Carrie's had a solid season, and I know she's mm -hmm. a big voice, and then Scotland's the IGL, and just kind of make a big risk, grab a higher-end FA. Like, looking on here with some players that are, uh, like, FAs that just had, like, decent performances and stuff, I know there's not that many. You have Coldy, who had a couple. Joe has some decent ones as well. So, mm -hmm. but I just think it's interesting that they're, they really do have fragging issues. Like, you look at every other team, even teams that have been struggling in prospect, um... Let me pull up the uh, prospect thing. So even looking at who is struggling in prospect right now, you have teams like OS and BS and, uh, you know, even like YC and Cal. And like they don't have bad teams. You know, they have players that are showing up before anyone on Nando's. You have like Lost Fat Boy for YC. Um, you even have two BS players at 1.08 with Godop and Yakin. So, like, even the teams that are struggling have players with more firepower than people on Nand Prospect. So, I think a concern for me at the end of the day is is the firepower an issue? And because and, I think, yeah, I, I just I think that that is a concern to be made, and I think that's something you need to talk about maybe in the mid season. And those numbers, all the ratings, they at least show consistency. Um. But everyone's doing decent, but decent isn't good, and good isn't great. And if you want to, if you want to win championships, you need someone to show up and drop numbers. And even with everyone's doing equally good, I mean, those, those ratings, they're not very far apart from each other. Like, nobody's completely, for lack of a better term, shitting the bed. But, like I mean, I said, guess there's no standout. 
it is a little bit counterintuitive, you could say, though, because at the end mm. of the day, they're still in playoff contention. They still have a run in the race. You know what I mean? Like, even though they don't have that, I guess the hope or not the hope, the expectation for them can be seen as lower since they mm. don't have that star fragging power. But um, they're still getting it done. I mean, mm. they still have, you know, the five and five record. They can they have a chance. They yeah. they have an opportunity. Right. So I guess really only time can tell, you know, what's what's going to happen when it comes playoff time. Yeah. And, and they do like their Tendi team. They do have they do have those things. They have the ability for their players to go off. I've seen Ghost Town drop 30 bombs. I've seen Surge drop 30 bombs. These players can show up. And I, I'm I'm excited to see what they do in playoffs. But I like I said, I wish I had more insight into knowing what. What was the failing point here? Mm hmm. I think the last thing for Nan and for me is to just briefly talk about the elite team. Um, I don't really have anything super specific about them to say. I know season, uh, season. I went like as far back as like season eight. Really rough season. Uh, I don't think they played playoffs. Season nine, they actually did have a good season. They were seven and three. Made it to semi. Uh, made it to semis automatically. They skipped uh, quarters and they got obliterated by UPS, who ended up. They to be fair, UPS ended up winning the trophy that season in elite. So they lost to one of the teams that, you know, just one of the better teams. Um, but they didn't really have that many great seasons in their history. And then even last season, they had a 4-7 and seven record, made it to play-ins, didn't make it out of play-ins, and just kind of had to struggle along for their elite team in their history. Um, and I think especially, I talked about it earlier, losing someone like Mr. Failology, who he didn't have a great season last season. And yeah, they had Sharp on their team, and Sharp is a solid player. He's very good, but... Um, I think it's it's kind of interesting to see that they lose someone like Failology and even Gilfie, and they go over and have good seasons. And you know, Fail's had like a fantastic season on HG and Elite, but you don't really see that uh, with anyone on the Nan team for Elite. They lose those two pieces. They kind of have to rebuild around what they can. And now they're you know sitting at a four and six record. I looked at it. They're gonna barely scrape by making play-ins. Um, and it's just, I, I just don't see a whole lot from that team that really excites me um, about anyone that really does a whole lot. You have Nick and Jack, who are 1.10 plus, and then Chizuyu, Illwill, and Venus are 0.95 or worse. So there's not really many people that pick up the slack if either of the two top frags aren't fragging. Um, you don't really have anyone that's kind of in that middling range of like a 1 to a 1.05. There's not someone to pick up that slack and kind of help out when they need it. Need it. Um, like I think it's really concerning when you have three players in the negative. Um, I know some teams are able to function like that, but I think it's always a concern, especially when their record isn't that great. Um, I think uh, going from that, uh, just talking about the whole Toldman thing, like I think it's a big change because Toldman and Jack were both on their Prem team together two or three seasons ago. And uh, that team ended up being an ESCA team that stuck together uh, and played CSC for a season together. Really, really tough season. They all took a break and took the season off to focus on ESCA. They were in uh, Intermediate. They were in IM. And they were, so they were solid players. Um, and so I think it's kind of interesting that they were able to pick up different pieces of that team and Jack and Toldman bring them back together on their elite team. Um, I know Toldman's PC not being functional was a problem, but um, I'm not sure if that would have been enough because I think... Um, in the one game that Toldman played, he had a really rough outing. So I don't know if that would have been enough mm -hmm. to really fix anything or if that really would have just been... Um, or if that still would have kind of reared its head as just being problematic. Um, so other than that, I mean, um, I, I think guess. this kind of wraps it up for, for Nan for me. I don't know if you just want to briefly talk about playoffs for Elite and Prem. 
I don't really have oh. much specifics to talk about, but just talking about standings, I guess. I, I guess I guess I can also talk about a little bit more about the upside of Nan itself real quick. Um, their Chally. Um, as I said before, you know, we had the, I guess, the retirement of King Willie going into perm free agency, so they obviously lost him. Um, so I was definitely a little bit, you know, curious as to how the season will go for them. Obviously, um, one shocking or surprising fact for me is the only DE they picked up, Icy. Icy is popping off this season as a support for him. 1.15 rating, eight games played. He's he's putting in the work. And another player that I wanted to mention that stepped up for him is uh, Gregovich. Gregovich, I know, didn't have, I believe, the best of seasons as an opera for them, uh, season 10. He has put on a show this year for the Chally team in season 11. Um, I guess all I really wanted to just finalize and say is they put up promising numbers. Um, and I guess we'll see what, what happens comes playoff time. I mean, they have the the number one spot for their conference. So will they will they be able to pull through and finally get something done? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. I, I personally want to see Nan win win their grand final. I If, obviously, All in, right. in, in, well, in our tier... I think you're pushing it there, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, if if we see him sometime, because we didn't see him at all this season, so if we see him sometime, it's going to be I'm, a battle. Obviously, in our tier, I want Roombas to go all the way, but if we don't make it, I really want to see Nan make a deep run. I want to see these guys do good. I want to see them win their championship. That's fair. That's fair. But, yeah. yeah. All right, so I guess um I think we can run through uh run through the playoff brackets because we have those set up. I don't know if Kono, you want to pull up the brackets on the stat sheet for uh, Elite and Prem because those should be up to date and be all set up. Um, I guess we want to do quick little rundown. I can talk about my very very short and abbreviated thoughts on my predictions and why. Just talking about teams. Um, I think talking about Premier first, um, quarterfinal ma- uh, matchups, you have uh, Gas versus H4K. I think that that is the showdown to, ev- to ever happen. You have Ween on Gas, who has been, he's going to be the MVP for reg season. Oh, yeah. Absolutely nuts. Mm-hmm. Really good rating. The crazy thing is, I believe it's his brother or even his twin, Shorty240, is a player on H4K. So they're meeting in playoffs in the quarters, which I think is a really... Oh, Funny, a really, really funny coincidence. So I think it's going to be, you know, sibling rivalry is going to show up there. I think that's going to be really interesting to see. Um, I think that Gas is just too strong with someone like Ween. Um, and he has a lot of really good supporting pieces that fit his style really well. So I just, I I don't see H4K winning that, unfortunately. Um, on the other side, you have Shogun versus Uz Cruz. Uh, uh, that's OS versus BS. I think both of these teams have kind of had middling to struggling seasons. I think that... BS, they made some changes. I think it would be cool to see if they're able to come out of it with those changes. I'm not sure about OS. I don't really know much about them, frankly. My so, boy Manny's gonna pull through. Yeah, I'm hope I'm I'm rooting for I'm rooting for Manifest and Co. I'm hoping Let's that go, BS baby. is able to Let's take go. that one. Um, but I think <laughs> I think if I were to if I had to predict the finals, I think it's gonna be a cow and UPS final. I think that the, both of the semifinal teams are gonna make it straight through to Grands. Um, I think. I think Gas or H4K can can upset UPS. I don't think anyone's touching Cal. I think if this is Cal's uh, tier to win. I think it's their season. One thing about Cal's 
um, kind of premier team that was just absolutely flabbergasting to me is I think they built their team with almost 1,000 MMR to spare in that, like, in that tier. It's actually really crazy. I think they're 1,000 MMR below the tier cap. And the fact that they're still doing like incredibly well is, oh, yeah, not 1,000. I guess that's like an exaggeration, but 500, which is still an entire contender player, you know? Like an entire, like, tier max contender player, uh, tier main chally player. They're 500 below, like, the, um, the cap, and there's, yeah. yeah, the MMR cap, and they're still doing, like, excellently. It's, it's crazy to me, and I think that this is an incredibly well-constructed team. Um, yeah, shout-out to Proto. Shout-out to Proto and Sons. So those, those guys have really put in the work for this Prem team, and the fact that their only loss is to Gas, though. Well, that's something to consider because this is similar to what happened with Nan in Contender last season. They were like 10-1 and with their only loss being YC, and that's who they lost in the finals. So if Gas can pull an upset in the semifinals based off of your prediction there, Owen, it would be a it could be a it could be an interesting matchup in the grand finals. But I do agree with that kind of cow going all the way there, especially on that side of the bracket. Yeah, I don't know if uh, Paladin or Diabetes, you guys have anything you want to weigh in on, but I don't know. I think uh, I think I think Prem is kind of just. I think it's going to be. Uh, I think there could be exciting matchups, exciting games. Um, but... I already said my piece. I know my boy Man is going to pull through. Prem's <laughs> where. Yeah, and it doesn't look like we're getting the... I don't think the playoff bracket has been updated for Contender yet. Because I'm, I'm no, going... No. I don't yeah, because you still have games to play. Games, yeah. Yeah. Um, you guys, yeah. yeah, you all have still games to play. But, you still have games um, to play. I guess with that being said, do you think... Because I know Comrade Sniper has been consistently... Like, the past two seasons I've been at CSC, um, they've been the highest-rated player just in CSC. Just overall, right? Like, being the MVP of Premier two seasons in a row, I think. Do you think that's going to be a good matchup there in the finals there, Owen? Like, I, with the Wagyu Warriors and the, and the UPS Impostas, I think? Like, how, how do you think they're going to... Yeah, the... I think, man, I think it's going to be a really, really interesting matchup. So, something really interesting about UPS is they ended up signing Brox, who was a player that was cut to make some changes on BS's Prem team. Brox is a very, very good player. He only had three games played during reg season because he was busy with ECA and other stuff. But from what I've heard is he'll be around for playoffs. So if UPS is able to get that power boost by having another star fragger like Brox at the ready and able to slot in, I think a UPS will put up a good fight. That being said, I think Trip, uh, I think he has like main or even advanced experience opping. And so he's nuts. He's really tough to shut down. I don't think he's really going to just get shut off like that in a grand final um then you even have people like clappy bats and landon who are uh staying in the positive range for that team and dokobo i know was activated in the last couple of games and really picked up their form so i think that that team is just really really strong i think i think cow just like they don't really have a weak link even proto you can mm -hmm. look at rating it doesn't have an amazing rating but for, i know from playing with proto and talking to proto like i have a lot of trust that proto like they can lead their team to a very, very strong uh, grand final appearance. Um, and like I, I mean, said, UPS, Comrade shows up, Brock shows up. It could be, it could be curtains for Cal, but it, it, I think it'll be a good matchup if we see them both in the grand finals. I mean, one thing to note as well, Proto was the IGL of the season last season, right? Yes. Yeah, so we definitely know Proto has that pedigree to leading this team. I, th I, think, I think the finals, if, if, I, 
am available. Hopefully I'm not available to observe the finals, but I would love to observe that premiere finals because I did last season as well. But yeah, that's going to be a good one. Now for Elite. Um, well, so, since, uh, so, oh, and you're straight through to the quarterfinals? Yes, yes quarterfinals. So y'all are facing the Damios. Mm-hmm. Um, how are you feeling, Owen? What are how, you yeah, how good? How you said you were like, confident getting through the first round, yeah. right? Yeah. So I think that of all the teams you could have gotten, because I think every team on the conference A side are tough opponents. Uh, H4K, UPS, or OS. I think we're all really, really tough opponents. Um, I don't know if we lucked out necessarily with getting OS. I think I rather would play UPS because I think their style is a lot easier to prep for. I think it's just a lot of strong shooters. Um, and I think OS just has a more unique style to them. That I think it's going to take a little bit more prep to make sure I'm ready to call a good game against them. But I think that uh, we've been on an upswing and we've kind of just been unstoppable. And I think with the extra prep I'm planning for our team, I think we're going to be hard. I think we're going to go down fighting even if we don't make it out. But I think I think that that's going to be a matchup that goes in our favor. Nice. So who do you think is going to come out of the planes? Because that's that's an interesting lineup, right? Loop Troop, Lions, Mercenaries, and 1Gs, and then whoever wins that gets the higher seed facing against the Cy- Cyborgs, and I think whoever, and then there's going to be like a uh, what, a 7th, uh, 8th seed kind of decider there who's going to face H4K? I think it's the other way around. The winner of, I believe the winner of, or no, no, yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm wrong. Yeah, so, uh, so I think BS and Sav is a really close matchup because I think BS kind of was able to iron out and get better throughout the season. Whereas oh, Sav like, yeah. fell off. They 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 had a really they started off three and zero and they really struggled towards the back half. They made some changes. Uh like with the, you know, they've like they just haven't really been able to hit their stride in the second half of the season. They've gotten like single digit round wins on every single map in the last like three games. They're just not really clicking. I don't know what's going on. Uh so mm-hmm. I think uh if I had to pick one, I'm gonna pick uh BS to win and go against ATO. I just think BS is shaping up with better form. I think they just look better. Um, and I think that some players are activating that hadn't been all season. You have someone like Forzone who's really found their stride. Even Jarrett. Uh, Jarrett has shown a lot of potential in previous seasons. So if Jarrett's able to activate for playoffs, I mean, that they become very scary. Um, as for who comes out of the bottom two, because uh, you, you have to keep in mind, whoever plays between HG and uh, Nan, they have to play the loser of BS and Sav. I think HG cleanly gets through. I just think they're on okay. an upswing. I... I think on paper, they really are just a good team. I think if they go against H4K, we'll see what happens. It's going to be tough for them no matter what. But I think HG just cleanly gets out of play-ins. I don't think they're going to have any problems. Nice. Yeah, they have a very experienced team, like you mentioned. Regardless, I think, yeah, this elite this elite lineup is going to be pretty, pretty exciting to watch as well. Um, they're the only tier with the play-ins, so that's going to be very, very interesting. And their mm-hmm. play-ins is like the NBA kind of playing situation, right? Where um, the top seed goes straight through to face the the second, uh, the second seed and then the bottom have to play another additional game in order to face that first seed So and become the eighth seed. So I think that's that's pretty sick. Well, this is going to be an exciting season. I think this for this week, we really did a good job recapping kind of the storylines and who we're looking at. I mean, there's still a lot to talk about since mm-hmm. it is towards the end of the season, but we always have next. With the next season, uh, next next week's drop, um, we most likely will be kind of discussing those contender challenger playoffs because they're going to be coming around, um, coming around soon, and they have some hard and heavy hitters there as well. Um, is there anything else, fellas, that we we want to talk about or touch on? Um, 
just one more shout out um shout out to shout out to Konotoki who's been the producer of this um this show and if any of you are interested in potentially becoming a guest for the next um for the next show or future shows um please please give him a dm um we are planning to keep progressing this show possibly maybe not as frequent throughout the off season since we do have a shortened off season for this season um but we'll see what happens yeah anything else fellas i just uh, oh go ahead sorry i just wanted to thank all my co-hosts here and for everyone that has helped um put this together you guys like like i said i'm brand new here i threw this idea out you guys took it and ran with it and i'm so appreciative of it um Chels, i want to shout out he's helped he's advised on a few times because he does stuff like this for a living i understand so he's been helpful all of my co-hosts here another shout out to konatoki he made all the graphics for the stream and everything he's been an amazing help I yeah. personally don't have more to say other than actually thank you to everybody who mm-hmm. tunes in to this league um, pretty much every single day. All the players, all of the new players, all the people who just like to watch and enjoy the entertainment that this league provides. Um, obviously, none of this would be possible without an audience, without people who love to play the game, and with everybody, you know? Mm-hmm. So, huge shout out. Yeah, I uh, I don't really have anything super specific other than, like, I think this season as a whole for media has been really strong. I think Fleeb or Aiden has done a great job kind of getting things organized, letting different projects and different people active, you know, do their thing and just kind of fly around and just get stuff done. Um, mm-hmm. It's been good season from a viewer's perspective. I haven't been as involved because I'm a player, but when I get to watch stuff, it's always, production looks great, super entertaining stuff, and I think... Overall, it's just been a it's been a good season for media, and I I do want to say thanks to all the people who tuned in tonight. Like I think we've been between like forty to sixty people the entire night consistently since yeah. we started. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, like I'm glad this is starting off well. I'm glad people are enjoying it. So chat uh, was but, popping off. I had it open. Yeah, I have I've had it yeah. on uh, as well. So yeah, big thank you to everybody who was who was here for the night. Well, I think that I guess... about sums it up. Yeah. Yep. Have a good night, y'all. Yep.